welcome to the Nourished Soul podcast, where we talk about all things body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Ritter. Y'all, this one is so good. It was such a juicy conversation about light and the soul. Oh, it's so good. So Felice DiMartino, I heard Felice speaking about her near-death experience, and I just really liked her. I loved everything that she had to say, but she exudes light. And, you know, I love to have people who are bright lights in the world on the show. So I went to find her. You know, I've got to find this woman to see if she'll be on the show. And her website is groundedillumination.com. So if you know anything about me, you know, grounded and illumination and awakening the light in your soul, that is what I'm all about. That's exactly what Felice is all about. So we really, um, we hit it off. We had a great conversation. You got to stay till the end. I'm telling you, it's really good all the way to the end. And Felice not only shares her near death experience and what she learned about that, but we really start talking about the state of the world and consciousness and soul. And there are some tips and practices all the way to the end. The last thing that, that she shares is a heart math practice to help bring us into coherence between our, you know, our brain and our heart and that our body into coherence between the, um, our nervous system. So our parasympathetic nervous system and our sympathetic nervous system to bring, uh, regulation and coherence to that. So I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with Felice. And as always, we are so happy that you are here. So happy healing. Felice, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Oh, welcome. 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 Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This has been, feels like it's been, I don't want to say a long time coming because time is amorphous anyway in reality and here we are in this now moment yay (laughs) yay yeah so of course I want people to hear about your near-death experience because that's Mm -hmm. how I Mm -hmm. found you and then I was like well this woman is really spectacular you're doing all these really wonderful things but you also can channel stuff in which I love so we'll see where we go Um, but Mm -hmm. why don't we start with I always think it's fascinating what was happening before people's near-death experiences, right? Yeah, Yeah, Really interesting. And for those of us who haven't had a near-death experience, but we are really interested in the people who have had them, usually our life is a hot mess Mm -hmm. when we make our way and start going, what is this thing about near-death experiences? And we can glean all this hope and healing from the experiences that you all. <laughs> so yes. So let's start there. So thank you. You know, what I want to say is that pertains to what you just said is a near death experience is a, for me, it's like, it's a cracking open of sorts. Yes. Metaphorically and literally, right? Like to the body that happens, even though we're having this expansive blissful experience. And and there are some people that don't have great experiences in their near-death experience. However, there's so much learning that they glean from that opens up to the light 
that cracking open that occurs exists in each moment when we are having a hard time or when things do come up in our personal lives. Like I always like to say, you don't need to have a near-death experience to crack open to the lessons and the learnings and the activation of the remembering that happens when we're having a near-death experience. So I wanted to name that. For sure. Thank goodness. Right. Thank goodness. It's like, listen to the wake up call before the wake up call, right? right. Cause what happened for me. That's what happens. Yeah. So you were literally hit by a truck. I was literally hit by a truck. So basically what happened was I had a, about a year and half a couple of years before went through what I call resiliency boot camp. You know, first I'll say my background is I grew up in a very loving, supportive, nourishing family. There wasn't big T trauma. I think we all have little T trauma that's right. that we accumulate. And so when all of the proverbial stuff hit the fan, I I was kind of like a deer in the headlights because I didn't have the, I hadn't accumulated necessarily those skills. I mean, sure you accumulate skills throughout life, but I was, life was good, right? Um, And of course things happened. So what happened for me was that in about 2000, at the end of 2012, in September, I became an empty nester. My second daughter went off to school. About the same time, I found out my partner was having an affair. We lived together. The kids referred to him as their stepdad. You know, like it was a thing. We were a blended family with his daughter too. Um, so there was a deeper trail, becoming an empty nester. I was skiing and I fell. I needed surgery on my knee. There was a theft in my house and all my jewelry got stolen. Like everything, family heirlooms, like every single ounce of stuff like jewelry that I owned was stolen I there was a fire in my house so the top floor was gutted and it was uninhabitable in there I moved and then there was as soon as that was done and the house was put on the market then there was a flood in the bottom so the bottom had to be gutted I got through it through with a series of tools and Some worked great. Some didn't work great. I mean, there was a lot going on. I took a leave of absence from work, mental health leave of absence from work. And, and I had tried a lot of different modalities, a lot of different therapies, you know, from, from all across the board, allopathically, naturopathically, everything. Right. And at some point I was getting, I had just gotten back on my feet. I returned to work. I mean, all of that others, all of that resiliency boot stamp camp stuff happened in about a period of about a year and a half. And I was back at work. I had just regained kind of my sense of self because there was a major identity boot, right? As a parent, as a homeowner, as however the external defines us, like having nice jewelry. As a teacher, I was uh, in a Montessori school guiding small people, just in all the ways, right? And in every, as a skier, in in the ways that I was kind of identified. And just as I regained a new sense of self, I was leaving work one day 
and I was walking to my car and I came to a crosswalk and I, I had the right of way. I, the car stopped, I crossed the street and up from behind me came a very large, am I allowed to say the make? I just always say a large Dodge Ram pickup truck. So every time you see a big ass Dodge Ram pickup truck came up from behind me and made a left-hand turn and hit me and lots broken, but I mean, lots happened. So. Yeah. Yes. Literally hit you going about 30 miles per hour. Is that right? Going about 30 miles an hour. As it turns out, she had the right of way to go straight, right? Like as I was crossing the street and she sped up to make a left-hand turn before the, an oncoming car came because she was making the left. So she, she sped up, she made the left-hand turn. She hit me in the crosswalk. My body was propelled several car lengths from the crosswalk. Yeah. yeah. So we'll get into that in a second, but what were you saying to yourself? You mentioned you kept saying, or you might've been saying out loud something before this happened. So your life yeah. is getting back together, right? My but life is getting back together. And what happened was I had been engaging with the person. Number one, I had been, well, I had been engaging with the person that with the, who had betrayed me, who had the affair and I knew that I should not be engaging yet. I wasn't listening to the knowing because oftentimes we know what we know that we know yet. We don't want to pay attention to that. Right. And then the universe dope slaps us into paying attention. Right. For me, it took getting hit by a truck. And also I was at this point where I knew that if the experiences that I had just had with all of that stuff that happened could help someone, could help others. It gave it meaning. It gave it purpose. It could be used in service to help others. So I really was being called to do something with that. And I was also being called either that, or I was being called to expand what I was doing in the Montessori world. I had started consulting. I had you know, just to kind of go bigger, to, again, be of service, help, help guide people who guide small children with, with the experience that I had had in the previous 20 years. Right. And I wasn't taking action on any of it. So I wasn't listening to the knowing that I knew that silent inner knowing that we can hear when we're still about any of it. And yeah. It's just, that's been coming to me so much, Felice, about being still and listening and how hard that is becoming for most of the people I see. Most of my clients have a real hard time just being without distraction. And even, and I mean, I'm the same where I'm always picking up a book or do it instead of being in that stillness and that quiet. And there's something really important about that knowing you're talking about. So I know we're going to get into what happened when you were hit and that knowing. And I think that's what's so special about near-death experiencers is there's a knowing that you come back into the body with that. Of course, it's hard because then you just have to reassimilate <laughs> with this now for sure knowing. Like it's always <laughs> been there, but now it's a reawakening of that, right? Am I close? Am I getting there? I, I, I'm feeling tears come to my eyes because you're nailing it truly. 
Yeah, yeah it's an embodied knowing. It's like we all have that knowing and some distant remembering. And we we might like taste it in the air. You know, we can kind of get a, a, a glimpse or like a fleeting moment with it. And then to have an embodied, it's funny to say embodied because I was so out of my body. Oh, it happened. Yeah. Yet it's like it's activated more fully in every cell and particle and molecule of my body and being. And it also has activated extrasensory awarenesses that we have. We all have them. They lay dormant because we're not practiced at them. Right. So it was like a, being catapulted and activated. Yeah. All at the that. same time. Yeah. Okay. So you float above your body. Your yep, I float above my body. Body has been hit on the ground. Yep. And then tell me like what happens. So what happens is I'm up above my body. I'm looking down at the scene. Mm-hmm. I can see, yet not with my eyes, everything that's going on. I'm lying on my right side, completely still. I look like a chalk drawing. There's franticness going on below, but there was a moment where it was also quiet. It's like, I could feel the energy of the people below. I don't want to say frantic, the agitation, right? And I heard again, not with my ear hearing with another sense, I heard and saw the girl who hit me in hysterics saying that she'd call 911. And I saw this man directing another person, another woman who had stopped to cross the street diagonally to stop the traffic. And there was, a, a, at first there was a little disorientation and then there was a, an assessing kind of, of the scene below, like, was I going to be able to go back in there? So there was an assessing and my body looked intact. And it turns out that in addition to multiple fractures and ended up with staples in my head and, you know, broken pelvis, fractured sacrum, there's a lot going on. There was internal bleeding also. And it was like, as I was bleeding out, as my life force, it felt was diminishing the form that I was in was being energized. Like it felt like more of me, the real me, I shouldn't say the real me. It's all the real us, right? Because we are both soul and temporarily body. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are both. We are in a both end right now. But as kind of that life force was diminishing, there was an energizing of this other space, this consciousness of space that I was in. And the scene below began to fade. And I mean, I can get into the specifics of it about the nervous system and dorsal vagal and ventral vagal and how my body was shutting down to preserve itself and all of that, right? And and I was um, above the scene and it felt like it it was, there was a spotlight on what was going on below, yet there was a sense of being able to sense in all directions, very expansive, although there was that spotlight below. And I felt myself floating higher and higher. And I'm, I'm aiming to give words to an experience that is beyond language. And 
the scene below began to fade. And then I was in complete blackness, like the blackest black that you can imagine times a bazillion that was expansive in all directions of time and space. And it was like an illuminated blackness. There was light in the blackness, even though it was black, black, and I was floating and it was pure peace and pure calm and pure timelessness. And it was simply being, there was no, it simply was. And at some point I became aware, it felt like I was in a cocoon and I sensed that there were other presences in kind of cocoons. It felt like it was a, a waiting place of sorts. That's what started to emerge. That's a, a sense of that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I call it like energy packets, as soon as a thought, we use the word thought, but like an energy packet kind of came ahead there was a wondering and the wondering was a simple worrying like there was no fear or no worry no anxiety there was no ego there was simply being it was more like huh is this it or where am I there was some kind of a question a wondering that arose and immediately I was in another place entirely. So like that was met. There was no, it, I, for me, that feels like where the seed of the law of attraction comes from, right? Like you have an experience or a thought or a something that doesn't have any density or restriction and boom, there it is. So I was in another place and I, I don't have a sense of whether I traveled or it emerged. I simply was there and there was an effulgence of this white, white, bright light. Again, like the most bright without hurting your eyes, the brightest, whitest light energy. It was like this crystalline. It was like this, this, this pure diamonds energy. And I knew that this presence that was other than my own yet that I was also a part of was there in support was there to guide was there to answer questions was there to show me was there to share information and was totally for me in that moment and my awareness and my consciousness and it felt as though there was a being that was separate than myself that I was also merged with that was communicating telepathically and it didn't really have form. There was a, a sense though of it being large, huge, larger than large. And it it's like if you put your forehead to another person's forehead and you instantly could see and know and understand everything about their life up to that point and all of the different implications and what was behind everything, it was clear in an instant. And I was shown a lot of, gained a lot of understandings about what was 
happening in my life on earth at that time, at the time when I was out. Mm -hmm. And at some point, there was an, uh, uh, an urgency that started to build to get back into the body because I knew that I was going back. I knew that I was going back and there was a sense of urgency to get back. And I remember in that, and I don't know whether that urgency came because I like had to get back or else I wasn't going to be able to go back or whether it was the, the, I remember being so like, I was excited to take what I had learned and what this experience back with me. And I remember assuring myself in that state and this presence that I would remember all that was shared and shown and imparted to me. And I heard when you go back, it's time to live big. And when I asked, I said, who is this? Or who are you? There was a, a, again, a wondering. And I heard, I am you. Like it was, and then I was with my higher self that was in communion with this presence. And then slowly I started to, to descend. The next thing was I, 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 it was slow and then it was fast. I was descending into my body and I was partly in and partly out and I could hear yelping yet. I could see it and hear it yet. I was out. It's like I was out existing outside of my body and in it because I realized that that yelping sounds was coming from my physical form and there's something else that happened then, right? It, it feels like taking this huge big form and squeezing it. It's like a genie in a bottle. It felt like being squeezed into a bottle or into a form, even though we're bigger than our forms. Yeah, that's what it felt like. And then I remember seeing, I was in the ambulance. I remember seeing it from outside and also experiencing it from inside the body. And I heard sirens and I remember saying, oh, those sirens are for me. Like I wasn't, I was in this state that I've come to here referred to as bilocation, which is existing in both places at once. And it's, it, it's a different nuance than dissociation. It's although I believe dissociation is probably a a form of bilocation. I remember that there was a man sitting at my, the top of my head holding it. And they they were, they didn't know where the blood was coming from. And it was, my head was profusely bleeding. And I remember them, him talking, like, I guess they were trying to ensure I was, I was in and out at that point. And when I fully came back, I was, being whisked into the emergency room at the trauma unit of this hospital that was further away than the local hospital, but that's where they brought me. And it took a little while to come fully back in and adapt and like, what just happened, you know, and I didn't have any language for it. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is common of people who then you have to reorient, like, and you imagine I mean, of course, you're going to have to reorient to this, but you remembered what you were, that what you were told that, did you, did it take a little while or? I, I, you know, I remember and it feels like there are pieces that I 
that are more hazy. I remember very clearly, yet there were pieces of it that were so profound and it's like in depth, but not in depth at the same time that I don't, that are there. I could feel that they're there and I don't have complete access to them. Yet when I open up, I'm shown with complete, it's like this, this purity of a conduit, right? Yeah. yeah I was thinking yeah, clarity this, with this like clarity. Yeah. It's like this crystal clear mm-hmm. clarity, like this diamond white light clarity. Um, but I don't, I do remember a lot that was shared and shown to me yet. I, it's a, there's definitely a hazy foggy remembering that there was more that I'm not accessing. Right. But it's there. It's so there. yeah, of course. Yeah. So were you, I'm just thinking about, I'm of course curious about what they told you, like what was imparted that kind of knowing, but, um, for, was it mostly for you specifically or was it just in general? Yeah. So it felt like at, at that moment there were, they were showing or this presence was showing, I was being shown in particular for what was happening in my life at the time, yet that pertains to everyone. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a both Mm -hmm. situation. And when I came back, I continued to receive downloads and messages and awarenesses and it was like a constant faucet, a, a constant flow of information and information. I wrote a lot in those days, right? A lot that pertains to the ego and being human and where we're from and the potentials and almost precognitive. Like when you can see, they would show me precognitive, like things that where we were going as a human species before it would happen almost. So it was, it's a lot to, you know, it's like, I remember I would, I would, I wrote in this language and this was well, this was in 2015 and 2016 in the summer. I remember writing in this language as I was hearing it. And there was no word for light language at the time right? Or like this other, and they showed me Akasha and I didn't, I think maybe I had sort of heard of the Akashic records. I don't even know, but I didn't really know. So then I looked it up when I said, who is this or what, where is this coming from? And they showed me, and then I heard the word Akasha and then I looked it up and then I heard other things. So I would hear things and then look them up and I'd be like, yep, that makes sense you know, or sense. I mean, the mind wants to make sense of everything. Of course, the mind's, yeah, trying desperately to keep us alive by making a story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So really incredible. And your life has just been incredible, it seems, since. Yeah. What do you feel like is best for others to hear? What do you, if, I don't know if you want to channel this in or if you want to find what feels really important to you for the, our, for the people who might be listening to hear that there's, yes, we are spiritual beings having a human experience and it's very 
important, especially at these times, to pay attention to being both and and pay attention to any spiritual bypass that occurs. So spiritually bypassing would be very, which is, it feels, it's interesting because it's what I used to do almost before the accident. And it taught me a lot about being embodied. Like, yeah, we're spiritual and we're also human. So when your human body organism is having an experience to really acknowledge that, because we are physiologically wired and biologically wired for certain things. So it's important to pay attention to that and recognize that we are temporarily human as pure expressions of the divine. We are souls with a body. We are souls that have a body. And the, the soul is an eternal, has an eternal nature. And we are more than our bodies. And what a gift that for people who it's important to have validation and science that supports it, that science is supporting it now are actual instruments that can measure our energy bodies. And it's becoming more mainstream and that all is truly well, like on some level, all is always truly well and we are here and i know we hear it over and over again for our soul's highest growth and evolution and when we are in the midst of having a really challenging time it's that leaning into number one leaning into the trust and switching from a victim mentality of like why why has this happened to me or what da, 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 to how is this for me? How is this for me? Or even if someone's in the midst of such stuckness, like they can't get out of it, to even ask that question, to lean into the, the, the knowing that is buried in, within us, deep within us. And the more we practice this, the more we cultivate this remembrance that this is for me. I can't see how, I can't even consider that question right now because I can't see a way out of this. Yet the little glimmer of knowing that this is indeed for our growth and evolution and will need to lead to the next thing and lead to the next thing and lead to the next thing. And in the midst of it, it's hard to see. And also that there is nothing to fear in transitioning. There's nothing to fear. And to be witness to someone at the end of their life, if it's of natural causes, is such a sacred portal to be able to support someone in their transition and to be present with them and their soul. And when things happen, because we are human beings, we do have free will choice. If something happens that's, an, that's sudden, right? To lean into the trust and the distant remembering that we go on because everyone has that knowing and that remembering somewhere inside of them. It's, it's just not in the conscious mind yet. It's, it's in there because that's our experience on a cellular level. Yeah. Well, I teared up for part of that. Just, just I think the trust piece 
is sometimes quite challenging when you're going through rough stuff. Yeah. And so that has always been my Achilles heel is that trust. I've been working with trust consciously for decades now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, cause I really feel like the opposite of anxiety, the more I work with people on stress and chronic anxiety, I feel like the opposite is trust. So mm -hmm. yes, like this deep knowing, like a clarity, a, um, a grounded clear, but it really is about trust, trusting your place and that you are here for like, absolutely here, go ahead. It sounds like you've got something. No, go ahead. I'm I'm taking a deep breath because I'm, and I'm riding on, you know, our words have such vibration and frequency. It's really important. So I was riding on the vibration of your words because it's, and it's, and it's how we talk to ourselves, right? It's like that leaning into the trust of oneself and trusting in one's inner knowing and cultivating the, the muscle mm -hmm. and the confidence to listen. Because oftentimes we have a nudge and for various reasons and brain wirings and primal brain and stories and meaning making and all of that, we don't listen to what we know. And we forsake ourselves for the sake of others or for the sake of how is it gonna appear or this is what I'm supposed to do or rather than really trusting in our inner guidance system, you know, and everyone has it. Mm -hmm. yeah everyone has it and I think the place where I sometimes struggle like as soon as I get back before I get back because I'm always asking like what is up with the role of evil like why do we have to have bad things happen to good people why do we have to continue to have war and all of this fighting and discord and all of the shit that happens in our world I trust that there is something bigger I mm -hmm. do trust that we are we from what I can understand where I mean what I think now is that we actually chose to come here mm -hmm. and that it is our life we're here to raise the right vibration of the planet but also for our own soul's growth right? Yes. So, so what in the world, why is it that we have to have these bad things that happen in the, in, in our world? You know, it's, it's interesting because again, you can't spiritual bypass and say, oh, well, all is well, because guess what? It doesn't feel like all is well when there's horrendous things happening in the world. Right. And here we are like two white women that are in privileged positions, having this conversation, you know, um, mm -hmm. and there are really great things happening where, um, like, for example, you know, the UN has a program just as an aside that goes into these war torn countries and brings meditation and mindfulness Mm -hmm. and to people on the ground, working on the ground. And the more awareness and awakening that's happening on our planet, it feels like the louder, the more denser energies are getting because there's a threat, right? Because there's more light. And everyone, in answer to that question, it's my understanding, everyone is at a different 
place in their own soul's evolution and growth. And some people will say, you know, it's the highest evolved souls that come to the world to spread evil, that they took on that karma and they took on that role. That's what I've heard. I, 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 yeah, people say that, right? Something that was, that I was shown really big in my experience Mm -hmm. about when you go back, it's time to live big, why we don't live big. what keeps us small and how to move through that. All of that was like transmitted very clearly. And we have free will and choice as human beings, right? With any time you have, yeah, an ego. And it was shown is that, you know, when you are walk in the world with a certain awareness and vibrational frequency. And a lot of uh, us who are empathic will, you can acknowledge the essence of who someone truly is because every single one of us has a, a divine spark of light inside of us. Even people who do horrendous things on the planet, we all have that spark. It's just buried deep. Whether we access that spark or not, that's the journey right? And you can acknowledge the essence of who someone truly is and pay attention to who they're being. Mm -hmm. So that's where boundaries come into place, right? So both it's again, we're in both, both. Mm -hmm. we're in the both end, you know, and that's, that's the law of polarity, you know, a hermetic principle, the law of polarity and at the center is the zero point. And it's amazing to, to me to see how much light and how much awareness and how much awakening is happening on the planet. Like it's becoming so much more widespread things that used to be considered out there and woo and da, 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 and D, D, D is now part of the mainstream narrative. That's true. Yeah. There's a lot more light. And yeah. I feel like we, I mean, we started talking before we were recording about the light and how mm-hmm. I have become very attracted to natural light and what light is mm-hmm. doing and the light outside of us influencing the light inside of us. And I feel like that has something to do with why people are playing so small and how it's time to live big is that this light inside of you and I, ha- I think I was even dreaming about this. And I was saying to whoever I was talking to, like, you're light. You have, you are light. We are light. You have literally, got- literally we are light. Yeah. You have got to crack that open and let that out. Like the world needs you to do that. And the reason that we play so small, I think has part of, we're, we're a little screwed up in our ways of living indoors afraid of light, like we're all in sunglasses, literally we're blocking the light. And then our inside is responding to the screwed up light that we're the indoor light and all of the stuff that we're on. So that's my thinking. (laughs) I mean, the the whole concept of light uh, and the whole embodied experience of light and the whole reactivation of the light in our very DNA and in our cells and particles and molecules and the light as energy. You know, we are homo luminous beings of light, truly. 
and mm-hmm. and that's how we raise our vibrational frequency you know and there there are crystalline light codes that have been so dormant within us and the light that's coming in from the sun now is activating those that dormancy that resides within us it's like this i'm gonna say this this christed light and there's so much wisdom contained in that that has been covered up for so long that what rides on those light codes is this, the ancient teachings when life was more simple, right? Before we developed in the industrial revolution. And I mean, this is a whole historical thing. And there are beings of higher frequency light. And when I say beings, it's like, if you get your ego and your mind out of the way, and visualize light. You can visualize light above your head and your soul star chakra that connects you with the higher consciousness, with the quantum field, with the field where all possibilities already exist. Mm-hmm. And you imagine that light coming down through your whole body and activating every ounce of your being, your blood, your fluid, your muscles, your organs, your tissues, every, just envision that activating all the way down through your feet, like cords of light going deep, deep into the earth, and then breathing that light up again and up again, all through your body and allowing that to nourish you. There's also you know, the pineal gland, which, which, as you know, releases melatonin, right? I mean, it regulates our melatonin, yep. is also this inner seeing, is yep. also this inner light. Mm-hmm. So I know with what you do too, like regulating the light that we receive it helps activate those those places. Is this is this making sense? Oh yeah, I love it. This okay. is exactly yeah. yeah. And yeah. and what they show me, I feel like I'm doing so much talking. You're supposed to. You're being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> also, what I get shown a lot is we all have light coursing through us, right? Mm-hmm. And the way that we turn, we can fan the flame of that light. Look at the sun. The sun codes, it's like there's so much more awareness in the collective and in the light streaming onto the planet to really drink that in. Look at the way light, the sunlight ripples on the water. Look at that. Allow, just look at that. Meditate on it. Be still on it. Look on it. It gets in. It gets into our human organism. You know, when even just to, to watch that, to look at that, mm-hmm. to drink that crystalline diamond white light. I mean, it's, it flows through us. I, what happens for me is sometimes I see, I can see these shapes and people at, in their pixelated form. Does that make sense? Like people, I could like, everything is energy, right? Even the most dense structures, energy like this is, right. is made up of 
energy, right? It's molecules that are moving at a different rate than the air we breathe, right? Everything's energy and everything's made up of these particles and molecules. Yes. And what happened for me when I came back is the, the, the more meditating, really important, the more that I grow the muscle of meditation and, uh, and the activations that occurred for me is where I, I start to see the people as their light forms. And everyone can see it. Like if someone walks into a room and they're emitting, like everyone has had the experience of someone walking in and, and like taking the breath out of the room or like, oh, their energy is so dense and heavy. Like look at them, just see, just practice like softening the gaze and seeing if you could see what comes off of their body. Is it light or is it dense and kind of gray and cloudy? Like people have, you have a sense of that, you know, or if someone's light and brings joy into a room, like look at, look at them beyond their physical form. Like are they emitting light or are they emitting like, you know, and um, the way we get there is through practices, gratitude, anything. I don't know if you're familiar with the Hawkins scale of consciousness. Mm-mm. Oh, so David Hawkins yeah. has something called the map of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different emotional states that produce different frequencies, right? So like shame is the lowest, mm-hmm. right? Shame fear, uh, judgment, all of that kind of stuff. That's low. And then the high ones are gratitude, joy, love. Um, so, so practicing that more really helps to raise our frequency. It helps us to emit more light, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that there are more biological scientific, scientific, uh, ways of explaining this. That's not my, my language. I sometimes wish it were. So, yeah. Yeah, I like this language. You speak my language. Oh, yay. Even, yeah. I like the science, but I love, you know, because you can feel it. I can feel it. And I'm glad that you brought that up too, that we can shift if we're the yucky, gray, everybody, we're walking around with the dark, dark cloud over our head and everybody can feel it. We can shift like the Mm -hmm. light is in you. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I loved what you told me before we even started recording about letting the sunlight hit our water that we're drinking. Yes. The codes. And what I'm really loving, because I've been really interested in the frequencies and the codes. Uh What I'm hearing from you is like, we're getting even more than just the information on which neurotransmitters to make and which hormones to make, we're actually getting historical, like ancient wisdom is coming yes. through the light, people. Yes. Like, yes. Do not deny yourself this light that's inside of yes. you and outside of you. Yes. And it's coming back online because it's safe to be online now because the frequency of the collective has gotten to a point where the information could be received. Whereas when the frequency of the collective is, is, is denser and people are more closed off, it doesn't reveal itself. And this is like, you know, some of these teachings to get like super in there, some of these teachings, I mean, this is based on ancient Egyptian. I don't know if you know, Robert Edward Grant, or the Gene Keys, um, uh-huh. Paul yeah. Rudd. You Love know, it. this is based on ancient yeah. wisdom that's documented, like Hermetics, like Rosicrucians and the Masons. This is not just like made up woo, woo. stuff. This right. is like 
historical facts. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, I grew up Jewish and I, I mean, my practice is a spiritual practice, right? But mm-hmm. even, you know, like Jesus walking in the way of the Essenes, Christed light, not in a religious connotation at all. You know, it's this anointing, this light that is within all of us that has gone dormant. That's there, right? Yeah. That is waking up and drinking in. They showed me when I say they, I it's this this frequency of light shows me and will always resonate, whatever frequency that we are is what we put out. It's like a boomerang effect, right? Right. So that's what comes back. And putting our water out in the sunlight. And also if an extra boost is having intention. Intention is a very potent practice. Mm being intentional, intentional in our thoughts, intentional in the way we speak about ourselves to ourselves, about others to others. Are we engaging in gossip or judgment? Like that's low vibrational frequency, right? Are we around that? How does that feel? Like pay attention to your body because your your body will tell you, feel like 10, feel good, right? That's exactly what, what I'm thinking is like all the symptoms that people have of this chronic stress and anxiety and the body not feeling good. These are signs like, yes. Yeah. You know what else? I I know I'm going off on a tangent, but our, so in my, in my training or the training that I received, it's like, so we have this primal brain, right. That's wired for safety and belonging. Right. Literally. Right. right? So we have, and anytime our fear, our, our either acknowledgement, approval and validation, love and being loved, safety and being safe and abandonment and being abandoned. And anytime any one of those feels threatened, we go into this trigger response. And that's why it, it all, it comes back to that, why we play small, why we don't play big, right? When any one of those things, when we feel like that's a threat or when any of that is triggered, like it could be a threat. And then we go, zoop right? So the more we can open up to these, I mean, sure, it takes rewiring of the brain too, right? I mean, it's a both end. And the more we can open up and allow this light and allow this remembering, it's a remembering and allow ourselves to become activated. It's like plugging into a power source to receive this juice. Yeah. It gives us a bit more courage to show up as our authentic selves. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I could talk to you for days, but I know we're running out of time. So I was going to ask you, is there Probably anything else that's, that we miss that you really wanted to share or, you know, what nourishes your soul? Because you're somebody who just gives and you're a bright light in this world. So service, mm-hmm. you're here to be of service and it feels very important to also lean into self-care and to acknowledge exactly where you are is exactly where you are. And there's no right or wrong or good or bad. It's all, we are in a constant state of becoming and growing and learning and 
we put so much pressure on ourselves and there's so much doing it's like the practice of being in being getting our feet on the earth on the sand on the ground really grounding is really important grounding in a natural you know natural substance whether that's sand um, water the earth and being in practicing being in being and being in doing because there's a lot of doing without being in presence and to watch our thoughts and to choose better feeling thoughts and to pay attention to the body and that we could ride the breath into returning to the heart when we get so in our heads. And one more thing I want to leave you with is there's a heart math practice that brings our body into um, that brings our body brain into coherence so that if we are feeling frazzled or triggered or we go from zero to 110 for whatever reason, it brings us into a state of more neutrality and and balance with the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system so that we can access clearer thinking, which is if you take a breath in to the count of five and out to a count of five through the nose and out the nose, into a count of five, out to a count of five, into a count of five, out to a count of five, and leave a little pause at the top at the bottom. If you do that five times, it's one minute of coherent breathing and studies show that it brings your nervous system back into a coherent state. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love that you ended with a, a practice, the heart math practice. Yeah. Thank you so much. I have loved every second of this and I'm so glad that we finally got to connect in this. Likewise, likewise, likewise. And also there's nothing to fear. There's really nothing to fear. It's all in our minds. There's nothing to fear. Actually, that's a whole nother conversation because that could be triggering. So I'm not even going to go there. So you'll have to come back. We'll have to do part two. Thank you so much, Kelly. You're such a light in the world. Such a gift. Such a gift. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Nourish Soul podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, I would love it if you would rate the show. And I'm also going to ask a favor. If you have not already done so, if you would consider subscribing to the show. It is very helpful for us to have more subscribers, and I greatly appreciate all of our subscribers. I also wanted to give you a couple of places where you could get more information if you wanted it. I am putting more videos on my YouTube channel, some shorter videos, some longer videos, but I'm spending more time putting content there that I hope will be helpful. It is still about nourishing the body, mind, soul, information about quantum health, nutrition, mental health, anything that I have found to be particularly helpful, but it's that fresh perspective on vitality and healing that I have there. 
So you can go over there and find it. Dr. Kelly Ritter is the name of my channel. I'm also putting more information and putting more time into Instagram. So if you're on social media and you want to connect, I love to connect with people via Instagram, Dr. Underscore Kelly on Instagram. And I'm doing more lives on Instagram and put, trying to put, <laughs> doing my best to put more information out, especially on the quantum health strategies that I think are so helpful for people, but in bite-sized pieces. So you can digest that, get it on the go, whatever you need to do there. And hopefully that will be helpful to more people. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. I love doing this show and it is my pleasure to bring it to people and hope that is, it is helpful in your own journey. I hope you are being really good to yourself this week and that you're having a fantastic week. So happy healing.